Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon here on a Monday, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller for the next couple of hours talking sports with you. Thanks for uh, giving us some, some of your time here this morning. BMW Des Moines guest list looks like this. We will start uh, with our friend Matt Snyder, recap the week in Major League Baseball, look ahead to the week in MLB as everybody's now inside of 50 games remaining on the schedule. There's been some uh, changes at the top of some of the divisions there certainly was a major major uh what a lot of folks thought would be an enhancement uh, to a lineup in fernando tatis jr he will not be participating in the pod with the padres uh this year so a lot of ground to cover major league baseball wise with our friend matt snyder mitch holtis is the voice of the kansas city chiefs they were at soldier field by the way good to see you hey. did you see um the field conditions at soldier field and played a game this year right this was game one. Soccer. Cow pasture. Mm-hmm. What a shocker, huh? Unbelievable. This was supposed to even think it would be pristine. And Lori Lightfoot, she wants to put lipstick on that pig <laughs> and put billions of dollars into yeah, it. Yeah, that's not happening. I don't think so. Uh, so Mitch Oltis will join us uh, on the Chiefs as they did play the starters for the uh, first quarter. I think Mahomes was, what, our first couple of series, mm-hmm. six for seven, before they'd seen enough of number 15. Uh, the Bears probably seen enough of him as well. Uh, but we'll get the latest on the Chiefs who signed Danny Shelton here today, the big nose tackle. They made it official. Uh, at 11.05, Scott Dockerman, he had, uh, and the rest of the Iowa media, had a busy couple of days. Uh, football media day was on Friday. Kids practice was on Saturday so they could see with their own two eyes for the first time since they saw the team back in April. We'll pick Doc's brain on what he saw coming up at 11.05. And then our friend Nick Oson from 24-7 Sports, CycloneAlert.com. The latest on Iowa State as they continue to roll out assistant coaches uh, at least two or three a week, which is good. Uh, during fall camp, so we'll pick his brain. Of course, they got a big addition to the basket, another addition to the basketball program uh, since the last time we spoke to Nick as well. Trent's played the day coming up. How are you? Not Licking great. your wounds? Oh, boy. Oh, that I'm getting old. That That is my takeaway from Vegas this week, and I am getting old it because... It does get you, doesn't it? I am feeling it in big time. I'm feeling it in the legs. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just tired. I'm just achy. Yeah. <laughs> I got after it. And uh, had a great time, as always, at Circa. That was awesome. But, yeah, I am feeling it here today. You so. were there three nights? Three nights. Mm-hmm. Got in Thursday. Did the show with you Friday. All yep. good. Didn't do anything too crazy. Kept it under control Thursday night. And then really got after it Friday and Saturday. So, <laughs> yeah, those two days uh, caught up in a big-time way. We went out to Stadium Swim yesterday because we had a late afternoon flight. Now, and- did you see the sun? In your in your Vegas trip, oh yeah, you did. Oh yeah, Trent. I've never seen more rain in Vegas <laughs> right. when I was there. Yeah, and we've seen this is this. I mean, this has been happening all see, all summer long. Yeah, well, we saw the big flood and a couple of them. It's unbelievable because um, there's no drainage system. It's built on a rock, is what Palm told us. And uh, a guy floating down in a floaty. <laughs> Did you see that? Now, that's a little over the top. I'm it not is. sure. I mean, I don't know how many he had in him when he decided, you know what, this sounds like a good idea. Yeah, probably not the safest thing. No, I mean, he was flying. He was. He was that moving. That thing was scooting right along. Anyways, that's on Twitter if you're so inclined. Yes. Uh, so I'm with you. Three nights is probably, I think, my max. I can't do four anymore. Mm-hmm. I just can't. Um, but it was a, it was so much fun. Circus, such a beautiful property. Yes, they're our main sponsor. Are we shilling? 
something for them, sure. It's they can back it up. <laughs> Absolutely. Give them a chance. They'll mm-hmm. back it up. The book is incredible. The rooms are outstanding. Uh, the restaurants that surround the place are just first class, and, and the staff is, um, if you have a minor problem, mm-hmm. they will fix it or do their damnedest to do just that. So, And uh, we learned something new. So we've hit Barry's, the steakhouse there. Yep. We hit Victory Burger, a place that's right off the sports book there up top, and yep. you can get wings and burgers and kind mm-hmm. of the standard fare. And on Friday evening, my wife and I said, well, let's go. No, Thursday evening it was. And we just wanted something quick. We didn't want to go out to Fremont. We just wanted to do something there. And we were hanging out with Derek Stevens a little bit, the owner. He was going to do a hit on Vison And afterwards, he said, hey, we're going to go grab some grub. It was like 10 o'clock. He goes, I said, we're talking about maybe 80s. He gave us three recommendations. We tried all three. They're all incredible. If you like Asian food... Brisket fried rice. Oh, my God. So good. It's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. The best green beans I've ever had in my life. And I don't know what they put on them, but they were amazing. And then wings. Mm -hmm. Just wings. And they were so, so good. It was an incredible meal for a quick meal. I I, I can't think of anything better. It was so good. In fact, we went back again on Saturday. (laughs) Don't blame you one bit. Saginaw, the uh, delicatessen there, it's open 24 hours a day. I had a Mm -hmm. couple of my meals there, breakfast and uh, a late night dinner. But uh, yeah, it was great. Glad we went, had a ball. We're signed up for the contest. Now let's see if, uh, in my case, uh, with the group that I'm participating in with five others to see if we can advance this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? I came back kind of with the information overload. Yeah. I was picking so many people's brains who have played. The, well, this is how I do it. Well, this is how I do it. No, no, no. Listen to me. This is the best way to do it. I don't know if I learned anything. I think you just got to. Do you think your crew, are, are you mapping it out? Are you? I think we're doing well. I think what I'm not, I have no, I'm not the worst decision maker. Mm-hmm. In fact, I want to be the, okay, I'm with you guys. Yeah. You decide. We're, this I'm is going to be a democracy. Correct. This is not a dictatorship. And I'm a Canadian. And I can't vote. <laughs> and I'm going to keep it that way in this contest. <laughs> but I will suggest that we start at week 20 because there's 20 weeks in this contest yep. and work back. Mm-hmm. I'm also going to suggest, and I like this piece of advice. Just get through six weeks. Yes. Just get get off on the right foot. Don't be don't go too crazy. And don't worry about how oh, I gotta right. save the bills for yeah. this week and middle of December I gotta have this you yeah. gotta get to that point. You have to get that. Yes. Um so I think we're gonna I'm going to those are gonna be my two suggestions. But if they go in, in one ear and out the other, somebody I'm in. Uh you're in, you're gonna play the uh, the millions. Uh huh. Are you also in Survivor? I did. Yeah, I put an entry in for that. Good for you. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun and, and figuring things out. So I've been in these Survivor contests. I think a lot of people have in uh-huh. the past. And my theory is kind of like that. I hate taking teams. It doesn't matter how big the spread is. I hate taking road teams. Palm told us a little bit about that on Friday. And I never, ever, unless I have to, take a divisional game. I just, I have to stay away from them. We've seen just too many upsets in the NFL. That happened in those divisional games. So those are kind of the two standards that I have. But I'm going to be like you. Get through week six. And then mm-hmm. through week six, now it's time to map it out. All right, got to look at Thanksgiving. we got to think of Christmas. You get to that point, you're playing at the end of October. That's the time that you start to really zero in and start to map it out a little bit further. It's kind of like that picture with the no-hitter. You don't even think about right. it until he gets to yes. that point, right? And then Circamillion, I was uh, reading through the fine print uh, yesterday, and... Those quarterly prizes. They're pretty good. You win a quarter. Yes. It's $150,000 just for winning a quarter. Right. Have a hot four-week stretch. $150,000. You finish in the top five. I think fifth place was $10,000. So it's about having just That's for the stretch. quarterly prize. That's for the quarterly prize. And, of course, the big prize, if you win the whole thing, is a million dollars. And 
and it goes down and they pay out the top 100 people. So that's I'm looking forward to that, doing the five picks a week and, and getting it in. And the proxy service that I used, it was uh, Tony. Uh, a Is lady. that the dude that's, oh, it's a woman. And Maddie. So those two together, they were sitting in the middle booth. Okay, I know. I, I saw the guy in the end booth. Yes. So uh, Tony is from Ankeny. She, Come on. She graduated from Ankeny High School in 1993. Come on. I moved, wish I'd have known that. Moved out to, up to Minneapolis. And then, yeah, we were just talking. I was wearing a Hawkeye hat. Yeah. And she goes, oh, I'm from Iowa. I'm like, oh, really? From where? Ankeny. <laughs> yeah, moved up to uh, Minneapolis after high school, went to school up there, and then moved to Vegas, and she's been there ever since. Small world. It is. Small world. Well, good stuff. We're underway. you still got a couple of weeks left if you want to mm-hmm. participate. Uh, make your way out to Vegas. By the way, planes are packed. Oh, there has crazy. to be fewer of them flying, right? Because I can't re- – I don't know how many trip- – I don't know if I made eight. I've been on eight planes since the end the end of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, since we decided it's over. Right. Um, since normalcy returned. Yes. And I've been on a bunch, Trent. There's no empty seats. No. So there has to be fewer planes flying. That would make the most sense. There's less crew, less mm-hmm. people, and because of that... There's yeah. not less people in the airports. No, not at all. And then there was a scare yesterday in the Vegas airport. I heard that. Trying to get through TSA was backed up for like... Couple hours. That was brutal. And did you see some of the video from it? I did. Yeah, yeah. it was on Twitter. How scary that would be is what they thought there was a gunman. That's in there, what right? apparently it was. Yeah, at like five a.m. How's that? For oh, me? I didn't know it was that early. It was really, really early. Yeah. So this started. Oh, all mm-hmm. the way in the early morning hours, and they had to shut things down. And then those people that are trying to get you know the eight, nine, ten o'clock flights. <sighs> they can't get in, and that's what backed everything up so far. And by the time we were supposed to leave at four thirty-five, I think was our. Are uh, when we were supposed to leave Vegas time four thirty. Yes, and it was it was probably five thirty by the time we got in the air. Well, but the other thing is, you're driving by as you're taxiing out, and there are two dozen planes all lined up waiting to do the same thing, and that's mm-hmm. how backed up they got because of a couple hour wait way back at five five thirty in the morning. So did they catch the person or the? Uh... I think so. Yeah, I just read kind of an initial news article, and it sounded like yeah he was apprehended right away. I didn't realize that. Yeah, but. Wild, wild stuff there, mm. and everything got pushed back. Everything got delayed, but we got home. <laughs> got home ultimately. Now I got to find a way to sneak in a little sleep today. Yeah, you have two kids. <laughs> <laughs> Jack's back at daycare though, full time. Oh, so nice. There's a start. There you go, down to one. Yes. All right. Uh, so for, uh, the weekend in sports. Let's get into it again. We got uh, Mitch, uh, our Matt Snyder coming up. Rather, Mitch Holtis also coming up in hour number one. Uh, anything from the football this weekend? I guess my takeaway, and you just told me this this morning because mm-hmm. I came in, I was pissed off. You know, can you? I can't believe that the Vikings game is blacked out. Never even dawned on me that you got to do that trick. Mm-hmm. You know, gotta go to the overflow. You got to go down. In my case, go down to my office in the basement mm-hmm. and tune on and, and pray that it's there. Uh, I never even thought to look at it. Um, but apparently, my son watched every minute because he was texting me constantly about Kellen Mond. Oh, yes. Who he thought at the beginning of the game, he stunk. By the end of the game, he'd come around a little bit, which tells me the twos and threes were <laughs> firmly. Well, uh, week one, threes and fours threes and, and maybe fours, fives. Right. <laughs> uh, but apparently, he sh- he stood out a little bit. Nwangu made a couple of nice runs, he said. Mm-hmm. Um, I think maybe from the Bears-Chiefs game, other than the fact that uh, the Chiefs once are the Chiefs ones for a reason, mm-hmm. uh, and the field looks so pathetic. Uh, that was maybe a takeaway. Drew Locke looked good for Seattle. Oh, you're still on the Drew Locke train even as he's left Denver, huh? <laughs> um, what else from the weekend football-wise? Anything stand out to you? I uh, didn't see much of the Packers 49ers. Uh, just I watched that on Friday night. Yeah, just saw the highlights late of that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, besides that, 
the Bears are going to be terrible. Yep, probably so. Comeback win doesn't matter. Right, well, they covered. That's going to be a bad team. That's going to be a team I, I think I'm going to be looking at. Can you, bet the, can you bet the worst team? Is, has anybody got a... I think Circa does. At do least, they? They did on the app out there. I don't know if they have it uh-huh. uh, populated here on their, their local one. So we'll, I'll check on that. But yeah, I did see that one at Circa. Because gonna, it's them or Atlanta? So they had, I think, the fourth, quote-unquote, best odds yeah. for it. And yeah, there was somebody... Houston was up there. Atlanta had to be on the Atlanta list. was up there. Maybe the Jets still. See, I don't. I'm buying this Jets team, and then the Bears. not as a playoff yeah. team. I don't think they're going to be awful. I think they can flirt with. Well, there is no such thing as 500 anymore. No, but I think they can flirt with seven, eight wins, which is not going to be the worst record. No, absolutely not. I think. The, I mean, would would you fall off the chair if the if the Bears win five games? No, five and twelve. I wouldn't. I think they might be a little worse than that. It could be four and thirteen, mm-hmm. and that might be able to do it. And give you the worst record, yeah. I'll, I'll see if I can Giants, get it. maybe? That's another one. Somebody, somebody's got to win the East. If you don't like the Cowboys, if you don't think the Eagles are that team see, that are going to make I'm, this stuff. I'm starting to think I made a gaffe. Yeah? I, I'm coming around to this Eagles You're team. back on the Eagles now. I'm All starting right. to come around to the Eagles again. That's not bad. No, and that's, that's nothing to do with watching Denver and Dallas on, on Saturday mm-hmm. night. Um, I just, this, this, there's something about this Eagles team. Uh, that maybe I overlooked and maybe should take a deeper look at. And Jalen Hurts, you got to assume he was certainly good. In he his... made, yeah, he made some steps forward. If that continues at that level, you're going to be in really good shape. All right, pro football worst record, most regular season losses is how it is okay. listed. Texans are the betting favorite plus three thirty five. The Falcons are second plus three eighty five. Then the Jets plus five fifty, and both. Uh, now there's the Bears at seven to one, yeah. So the fourth choice, right behind them, Seattle, and Drew Locke at plus seven fifty. Oh, he's going to surprise some people, Trent. <laughs> I'm telling you, you are. I don't think I'm quite buying that one yet. No, I don't think so either. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be end up there somehow, and he'll end up starting. Um, anyways, we'll we'll see. All right, good stuff uh, from the football to the uh, baseball from over the weekend. Trent, the Twins uh, for the first is it. Feels that way. It does, doesn't it? Yeah, it just does. And I'm, I'm with you. It's two and a half games, one hot week, and you easily mm-hmm. could be leading by two and a half games. But well, it seems like we this time last week were they not up? What a game and a half? Yep. And they've let that slip away. Cleveland's playing good baseball. They're hitting. The Twins are not. They made some moves, but the good news is this is the time, right? If it's going to happen, you got to get hot. You got the Royals for three, the Rangers for four. After that. The Astros, but then you get the Giants, the Red Sox, White Sox. So you got the Yankees and a couple of big series. Those will come in September against the Guardians. Three at home, the 9th through the 11th, and then the 16th through the 19th. A five-gamer at Cleveland. Is that going to decide things? Sure. Can the Twins get to that way. point? That, Still that's my question right now. Yeah, yeah I don't Is know. Is it going to matter? I'm not sure. I... Um... And of the three, Cleveland, Minnesota, and the White Sox, mm-hmm. I would have eliminated. I would have eliminated Cleveland. Yeah, I haven't bought them all year long, uh, and they go up and take two out of three at Toronto this past weekend. Watched a lot of the Cardinals Brewers game yesterday from Stadium Swim. Good to see Pujols early with the home run. Can he catch a run? I don't think so. I, is it nine behind or seven? I think he needs eight to pass him. Okay, I think that's what it was because I had the same thought as there as I was watching. It I don't yesterday. think there's enough time left. I, I just so. don't. He's got twelve hundred. So if he, yeah, if he get, I don't think he's coming back just mm-hmm. for one or two more, right? 
I think that this has got to be it for him. Right. But look, it's, he's, he's been better post-All-Star break mm-hmm. uh, than certainly he was going into it. Um, Cardinals are going to need some pitching. Cardinals are going to need to find more pitch. And I don't know how I find it at this point. Well, they still think Jack Flaherty is going to be back uh, for them in October. I, I can't see it. Can you? No. In, in, what re- in what respect? And they think he's going to be a starter. Really? And they're willing to give him the ball in a playoff game if they can get anything that they mm-hmm. see out of him. Is that a realistic scenario? Well, I, I just don't, don't see it. it. So let's say he's got, what, two weeks here, quote-unquote fully healthy. You ramp up for two weeks, so you get three starts at best at the end of the regular season. And even if those three starts are good, it's not like he's going to throw more than 80-85 pitches. And then you're going to handle the ball in no. a game two? No. No, not me. I, I can't see it. I wouldn't either. Uh, I, I can't see it either. Uh, real quick, uh, uh, now we didn't see any of the practice, uh, the Iowa Open practice, the Kids Day mm-hmm. practice. Certainly read all the media day coverage. Any any takeaways from what you saw, uh, video clips on Twitter, or mm-hmm. what you read, or what you um, you know came across? Anything? Uh, offensive line and kicking. Those were the two. Kicking was really good. They didn't miss. Yeah, 15 out of 15, including both the guys hitting 53 from, yards. Yeah, from, uh, from uh, further than 50, right? Yeah, so that's a definite positive sign uh-huh. because it was atrocious back in the spring. It was a windy day in that open practice, but still, Kirk, you could tell afterwards. Well, there's going to be windy days this fall at Kinnick. <laughs> yes. You're in the Big Ten West. Right. Or Minnesota or wherever. <laughs> this isn't the SEC. You're going to have to worry about some conditions from time mm-hmm. to time. So that was a big step forward. And the offensive line, even though they were missing some pieces out there, mm-hmm. looked like they held their own at least at times and gave them a chance. Running back, even without Gavin Williams out there, that looked to be a very positive uh, Keep development. Going. Keep going. Keep going. Come on. I, I want to hear you praise him. Come on. To. I'm not going to. Was he was he in live action? Were yes. quarterbacks able to be hit? No. Right. So until that happens, Spencer Petrus, I've said it before, he looks great in shorts. Just <laughs> yeah. slinging it around. He looks like a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. When the lights are on, when there's actually a pass rush coming to him, he is a different quarterback. Now, one of the writers that I, I don't know if it was Doc or it was how I don't know if it was Leistakow or Skins, one of them said that they thought, based on this, on the number of reps the quarterbacks got, that Petrus got by few the uh, by far the fewest, mm-hmm. and the reasoning, at least in his head, and I can buy it, uh, was that he's so far ahead that they wanted to see the other two. I can buy that too. I can too. I, I and this doesn't come as a shock. No, no. We knew this was coming. Right. I mean, this had been trending this direction. This wasn't a real competition. Mm-hmm. It was not a real comp. This was Spencer Petrus's job coming into the year. I, I think it was too. Um, the other take, the other take away, uh, Nwamka. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Graves. Uh-huh. Uh huh. There's, there's some dudes coming. <laughs> there's some dudes coming. Cooper uh, DeGene, uh, they're moving all over the field, uh, doing I mean, a ton return of and punts. Yeah. Uh, the um, the true freshman tight end is it. Addison? Yes. Or Ortega, I believe. It starts with an O. Yes, he is from Wisconsin. Okay. He was an Iowa baseball commit. And then last year, last summer, he was going to a bunch of football camps, gets an Iowa offer, and said, well, I'm going to keep going to Iowa, but I'm going to play football now as opposed to baseball. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, really, really talented guy. And yeah, he's going to be in the mix there. They have the grad transfer also that has two years, Stilianos. Uh, Tight end's going to be good. How about Laporta lighting up as a wide receiver? They are so depleted. Because of lack of depth. Yeah. That's, I didn't take that as a positive. No, I didn't either. It's good that he can do it right. if he's thrust into that role. And um, there was uh, Keegan didn't practice. Breck didn't practice. Has Keegan Johnson practiced since the bowl game? 
He didn't That's go through a really spring. That's a really good question, Trent. And he we has have, not yet. But not what's yet. going on there? That's a really good question. I know it was wild speculation when I first threw this out back in the spring, but I don't. there's got to be something here. I saw in Doc's article he had it listed as an abdomen injury. Okay? Mm-hmm. This is weird. We are deep into this, and we still do not have at least anything that I have seen official confirmation exactly what is happening there. We'll see if Doc can help us out a little if bit more. If there has been, I didn't read yeah. it. Uh, yeah, and they man, need do him. You remember, I remember you saying that now yeah. that you mentioned that. And again, this was just wild speculation. Mm-hmm. There was a rumbling that maybe he had COVID, and then my brain jumped to, maybe he's got that long COVID that we've heard people have. Mm-hmm. Because there's nothing else here that we've seen outside of Doc listing, in quote or in parentheses, abdomen. Okay? Mm-hmm. That's his injury. Is it you know torn muscle in there? Is it, he's got... I don't know, a sick stomach and he's got diarrhea? I, I don't know what abdomen exactly means well, I, here. I think a core, like, is, is abdomen mean a sports a, hernia? Could be something like that. But he is not, from everything that we have heard and seen now, has not gone through a real full practice since the bowl game. It's a long time. Mm-hmm. With the season less than yeah. three weeks away. Yeah. All right, Matt Snyder coming up. We'll get into uh, baseball. Scott Dockerman, by the way, more on the uh, Hawkeyes when we talk to Doc. Uh, coming up here at 11.05, Nick Olson on Iowa State will join us. Get the latest uh, from Nick. Is, um, again, good for them, trotting out the court. Uh, not mm-hmm. the coordinators. I think they get to them either this week or next. Uh, but there's been plenty of assistant coaches made available uh, following practices as Iowa State and I will both uh, continue to get ready as... We are, what, 19 days away? Is that what it is? Yeah. I think Nebraska plays a week from Saturday. Great. Great. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. It's great. Miller and Condon underway on a Monday. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. For details. Now back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. Condon coming up on 10.30 on a Monday. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Baseball momentarily. Our friend Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. Bottom as we get toward the, I guess, the top of the hour, we will speak with uh, Mitch Holtis, the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. Let's get Matt Snyder in here. He joins us in his weekly spot. Matt, Trenton, Ken. Boy, what a week it's been since, uh, only been seven days since we've spoken, but a lot has happened. How are you? Yeah, the Major League Baseball really did pack in a lot of good and a lot of bad there in that week. Boy, that's for sure. Boy. Let's let's start with the bad, which was made worse when the statement that Tatis or whoever it was put it out was an outright lie when he tried to blame one drug that was close to the drug that actually he got, was caught using the performance enhancer. Uh, the they made to sound like he took it to because he had ringworm. Uh, they're they're close in spelling, but they're not the same as I think it was John Heyman, uh, New York Post pointed. I'm sure many uh, many others as well. But compounding the fact that he was caught cheating, uh, making it worse by trying to pull the wool over everybody's eyes, how uh, it happened. Uh, that's not a good look for one of the game's uh, up and coming, at least it was uh, stars. Yeah, everything about it's terrible. Uh, it's you don't. <sighs> I was going to say you don't need to do it, but I guess you should, it's not really the best way to phrase it because I don't know. It's just uh, I saw a report from uh, somebody who was uh, somebody from Latin America, and uh, I don't know how credible it was because I'm not familiar with the reporter at all. But it was something along the lines of he was using it to try to get back quickly from the wrist injury during the lockout. 
And it actually kind of makes sense because, remember, there's no testing during the lockout. And if you can think about all the bad decisions that have been made, uh, sometimes you can continue to make bad decisions to try to get out of a hole, right? So let's say he has a motorcycle crash. Well, it was multiple times, right? Right. He said which one was that. <laughs> right. Which, again, bad decision after bad decision. But you can kind of see a little bit of the thought process if that's what happens. Like, okay, the lockout's still going. Maybe I can take this and get my wrist healed, and then nobody ever has to know about it, right? But then all of a sudden, there's an agreement that happens. And it, and it was kind of all of a sudden. You know, it looked like the season was going to be delayed maybe into May, and then everything came together, and they said, we'll go the second week of April, play a lot of doubleheaders, play a full season. You can almost kind of see how it all transpired, if that's accurate. Now, again, it's bad decision after bad decision. Some of the comments made by his teammates afterwards were, were spot on in terms of he's made a lot of bad decisions. He's been incredible, incredibly immature and selfish. We need him to realize it's not just about him. Yep. He, he has to be responsible to the teammates. He has to be responsible to the front office who gave him that huge contract. Uh, hopefully we can start now. You know, He's still really, really young, has a long career in front of him, but unfortunately the reality of the situation is for so many people now the rest of that hopefully long career has been stained and tarnished yeah fair Padres a team that made a lot of buzz obviously getting Juan Soto and what they did at the trade deadline and the anticipation that Tatis would be another addition what does that mean for them it it was already going to be an incredibly difficult climb I mean are they even into the playoffs are they a cross-off team now automatically for you when you're trying to kind of pencil out how you think it's going to go well, I think I tried to paint, like, uh, on Friday I did a column where I said, let's try to look at this the most optimistic way possible, uh, which wasn't that hard because, you know, growing up a Cubs fan, you kind of get used to always trying to be an optimist all the time. But they've been in playoff position all season without them, and they were in playoff position before the trade deadline, and they went out and they traded for Josh Hader. They went out and they added Josh Bell and Brandon Drury, who – Bell's been an all-star in the past. He's playing like one this year. Drury, you could argue, should have been the Reds all-star this year, or at least in the mix mm-hmm. for it. Oh, and by the way, added Juan Soto, who's one of the best players in baseball, especially when he's right. He's an MVP candidate. So even if Tatis was off the table the entire season, uh, they were in playoff position without him. They already have an MVP candidate in Manny Machado. They have a great pitching staff, especially the rotation. looks really, really good, especially – with Snell coming together right now, starting to look like an ace, with Clevenger throwing like he has. Musgrove's been an ace all year. Darvish is right there. Uh, And they go out and added Soto. So I think if you look at it from that perspective, you're looking at a team that's in playoff position. They were already really good, and now they added three really good players, including one superstar. I don't see any reason to write them off from there. Now, they're not, you know, a lot of what we thought oh, man, they're going to be a really tough out in the playoffs. It was predicated on them mm-hmm. getting Tatis back, yep. for sure. We can take that off the table now. But it was already a, a, a playoff team, and they added some really good players. We'll see. Uh, from the from the disappointing to one of the better things I've seen all season in baseball, and that's uh, Winton Bernard. I hope I'm saying his first name right. The, the, the FaceTime call with his mother, 32 years old. Yeah. Finally makes it to the big leagues 
uh, and has the opportunity to FaceTime his mom and tell her. I mean, it just brought tears to my eyes. I don't know how you watch that. Anybody watches that and, and doesn't uh, that doesn't affect them the way that it did. Then he gets up to the show. He beats out a he beats out, beats out a ground ball. Is originally called out, uh, but it was his terrible first, call too. Terrible. <laughs> absolutely, it was awful. He was safe by a foot at least, uh, yeah. but it's overturned. So a little anticlimactic. Then swipes it back and scores a run. But you know, it's stories like that that make you you know just when you get pissed off at the game, right? Then okay, you still got me that was pretty cool it was perfect timing because it was almost like right when i got done you know i worked we have a kind of a schedule where somebody's on the clock and i was on the clock friday night so almost right when i came on is when the tati suspension happened and i was probably working on different stuff for a good three and a half four hours um and just right about when i got done with it was when i was able to sit down and kind of say okay what do we have on tap for tonight? And I saw that he was coming up for the Rockies, and I had barely gotten a chance to see the tweet earlier in the day and thought, oh, man, that's really cool. But then I had to go in Tatis mode. Well, then right when I got done, I was able to tune in for that at bat and watch him go all the way around the bases. And uh, right as the, it was a sack fly that he scored on, and right as the fly ball was hit, I kind of thought, oh, man, now he's going to score – and I just thought to myself as he was jogging home with a big, big smile on his face, and that was just as awesome, too. Like, he was smiling the yep. entire time, like a little kid playing his first game. Uh, I just kind of thought, man, I really needed this right now. Mm-hmm. And I think there were probably a lot of people who, who felt that way because, you know, it's in the grand scheme of things, relatively speaking, probably not the biggest deal in the world right? Uh, in terms of real life. That that happened with one of our biggest and brightest stars, but it was a gut punch, man. It was like going into the Friday night, feeling like baseball had a really fun week. We're going to have fun down the stretch, and then oh, by the way, one of our brightest young stars who has been hurt all the season as a result of being irresponsible did something else that was irresponsible. Uh, that was kind of down for a little bit, but yeah, that that Bernard moment was uh, it was just like I said, it was just what I needed, and I felt like I was not alone at all. No, you weren't certainly with me. And if you haven't seen it, uh, I know you embedded the the FaceTime call in your piece uh, at CBSSports.com. Yeah. Go ahead, Trent. That's awesome. Well, uh, another great story happening right now with the local connection to us here, and that's Michael Walker. He was born in our state, so he <laughs> makes him an Iowan, and Walker, who looked like he was. Maybe out of the game. I mean, that, that's how bad it got for him in his last couple of stops. In Boston now, an ERA of 2.44, and he threw a gem last night. Not the same guy that we saw when he come up at 21 year, years old with the Cardinals, but how about that? Just a, recl- a reclamation project with the Red Sox and, and what he's done this season. His, his story is amazing. I mean, it, when you think about it, he came up as a rookie, didn't even have a full season there in 2013, and he's a game two starter in the World Series for the St. Louis Cardinals, who had won 97 games in the regular season. And you just thought, man, this guy's going to be a superstar mm-hmm. for a long time. He made an all-star game, uh, third year, I think, with the Cardinals in 2015 when they won 100 games. But he completely fell apart after that. And, yeah, like you said, you go to, let's say, 2020. I know it was a weird and abbreviated season, but an ERA well over six for the Mets. And then last year, an ERA over five for the Rays. And you kind of think, if the Rays can't get anything out of this guy, yeah. that's probably going to be the end of the line. And it's a renaissance now. Arguably, I think you have to say, even with what he did as a rookie, I think you have to say this is his career year right now. And he's only 30. He could have... I mean, if you look at Adam Wainwright, 
going up to forty. He could have it. Could be almost. It could almost feel like two careers if Waka becomes uh, looking like he does right now. If he becomes a mid rotation to front line starter for another ten years, that's going to be one of the more weird careers we've ever seen. Where you have like a phenom come up and he looks like he's going to be good for a long time. And then he falls apart, and it looks like he might be out of baseball. And then he's like a reclamation project. And hopefully it looks like he might be able to make himself a fixture in a rotation now for a while. It's going to be a bizarre career, really fun to see it unfold. It's It's been a fun season so far, for sure. Let's get to Albert Pujols and those St. Louis Cardinals, who what they took two or three uh, from the Brewers. Pujols, a couple of home runs yesterday. That gets him to 689. 700 yeah. seems like a long shot. Maybe A-Rod, uh, they got a chance to track him down. Um, no go on 700. Can he get to A-Rod in your mind? Yeah, I mean, uh, he he looks like he's hitting well enough right now. Let me see OPS plus. Yeah, one twenty five OPS plus right now, which is it essentially means twenty five percent better than average in terms of getting on base and hitting for power. Mm-hmm. I you can leave him at DH and the way he's playing right now. I mean, those were like vintage home runs. They were yes yesterday. It wasn't those cheated. Were just colossal, mm-hmm. colossal, prodigious blast, and it kind of took you back. Uh, Maybe it kind of nightmarish for me, like I said, as a Cubs <laughs> fan, back to prime Pujols. But no, so nice to see. It's been, I think, from a, a Cardinals perspective, a really cool season because after a few years where even when they were in the playoff picture, maybe not the most fun team in the world. And last year, I think, was probably frustrating for most of the season until they got really, really hot down the stretch in September to make it. But between... Pujols and Molina and Wainwright being together again, kind of one last ride together. Uh, really good and fun manager in, in Ollie Marmel. Uh, and the young guys that they brought up between, I know he's hurt right now, Yepes, but with Gorman and Donovan, it's, it's, and then you have the two prime MVP candidates in Arenado and Goldschmidt. It's a really fun team. And uh, to see Pujols locking in like this, I think they're way better than the Brewers. I know I, I don't do need too. to continue to harp on this because you know we've been saying it for months. But I, I think they'll probably win the division five or six, five, five six, seven games or so. Um, it's going to be interesting to see down the stretch. I like them to get to, to A-Rod. A-Rod's 696, so seven more, um, which I know we only had eight before yesterday. So it is, I mean, we are stretching it a little bit to get there, but I think he'll get there. Um, then, man, I don't know. If you get to like six ninety seven, don't you have to come back? Right? And the Cardinals, like, <laughs> let's say they get to the NLCS and go to Game Seven, and then they lose, and he's like two or three home runs away, and they're very close, and they have all this young talent. Man, I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah. Feels like he might re up. We'll see. <laughs> Hard to walk away yep. from that. So, Matt, we've been obviously talking about both the American League and National League Central with you all season long, and going back to, I think it was maybe early May. And I saw your guys' projections that you have at CBSSports.com on the Sportsline projection. And Cleveland was the favorite at that time. And, and we all three of us, I think, said, how, how does that work? Well, yeah. here we are in the middle of August. And here, two and a half games up, is still the Cleveland Guardians. How is Cleveland doing it? And are you ready to say now, finally, yes, this team, this Cleveland team is going to win the division? Well, I'll start with the second part first. I think the athletes and, and coaches do that a lot in the press conferences, right? Like, yeah. I'll answer the second part <laughs> yeah. first. So yeah. I'm going to try to be cool. Uh, yes. Yeah. I think the, the Twins have done enough to damage my confidence in Ugh. this. Sorry, Trent. Yeah, it's awful. I think that it's probably swinging toward the Guardians. And with the White Sox, 
they're they're over five, three games over five hundred for the first time since like uh, it was mid April maybe when they were six and three. Wow! Um, it's hard to be confident in that, even if you say they're almost to their high water mark of season. Mm-hmm. That doesn't inspire much confidence. Uh, well, so so if you look at them, uh, kind of breakout seasons from Jimenez and, and Rosario. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steven Kwan's a nice leadoff man. They've got their superstar in Ramirez in the middle. Good work from guys like Josh Naylor, uh, Oscar Gonzalez. It's been kind of like Ramirez with two possibly emerging stars and the guys that got back for for uh, Francisco Lindor in the middle of the infield, and then just spare parts kind of stepping up when you need it. And earlier in the year, early in the season, the pitching staff was awful. Lately, it's more settled back into being what you expect from the Cleveland team. And uh, you're looking at especially Bieber and McKenzie atop that rotation there, and Emmanuel uh, Clase at, at the end of sorry, yeah. at the end of that that bullpen there, uh, unbelievable. And you know what? I mean, we've done it before, but it's time to do it again. You cannot sing the praises enough of mm-hmm. first of all their pitching infrastructure, but second of all Terry Francona. Without a doubt, without uh, a doubt, something you can count on there. And I'm kind of kicking myself for not seeing it. Um, I still think if you went back to the start of the year, you looked at the talent, the White Sox were the right pick. Mm-hmm. But uh, once it bunched up closely, I, I feel like I'm kind of – I should have known Francona is going to be a difference maker here in this one. Yeah, they missed him last year when he was out of the dugout. No doubt. Last thing for me, I want to bring up the Baltimore Orioles because I really like this story. Right, picked to go do absolutely nothing this year. Um and, and yet here they are. I mean, they're on the precipice of getting a wild card. I, I, I read a story over the weekend that they are going to be involved. Sorry again, Trent and Carlos Correa. <laughs> um, when if indeed he opts out, which most people think the Orioles are going to be buyers this winter, there may be a playoff team this year. What a remarkable story being written at Camden Yards. It is too, and, and I think the thing that's most fun about it is sometimes when you see these big turnarounds. You can kind of see the season where it's coming. Like it, it, the the two radical rebuilds from a decade ago would be the Astros and the Cubs, right? And they both won the World Series. You could kind of see it turning. Like when you looked at the Astros, you could see Altuve and Springer. You could see Bregman coming. You could see Correa coming on the Cubs side. I think we all saw heading into 2015, they're probably going to be a breakthrough team this year. Uh, the the Orioles, I I didn't see it this year. Not at all. Mm-mm. I don't think any of us thought. If you looked at the rest of the East, especially, you'd be like, okay, they're going to be terrible, and the other four teams are playoff contenders. And, uh, yeah, Rutschman, Adley Rutschman coming up, you knew that was going to happen. You probably you knew he was probably going to have a big year. But other than that, man, there, you know, there's so much that's just been out of nowhere. And it's funny, I just talked about the, the Guardians with their pitching infrastructure. What the Orioles are doing in the bullpen it's it's amazing, and it seems like they have something there that maybe Michael Elias brought with him from the Astros where they're really good at spotting something in the stuff of whether it's a retread in the bullpen like Jorge Lopez, who they traded to the Twins, right. by the way. He yep. was a failed starter that they picked up. But if you look at, like, Felix Bautista, who, by the way, is his walkout music is Omar's whistle from The, the Wire, which is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Sionel Perez... Uh, Dylan Tate, they're grabbing all these guys who are mid to late 20s and just making them into absolute terminators in the bullpen and getting stuff out of Spencer Watkins and Dean Kramer and Jordan Lyles in the rotation. 
uh, once they actually have a, a good amount of talent to supplement what they're doing with a lot of these complementary pieces, they're going to be really, really good. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they start spending. You mentioned Correa. Uh, you know, Trey Turner is a free agent. Xander Bogarts is a free agent. In all likelihood, Bogarts will, will opt out. Um, it's going to be a big shortstop class. Uh, I expect the Cubs to get involved. The Dodgers, if Trey Turner uh, doesn't re-up, we'll see what the Braves do when Dansby Swanson's a free agent. But uh, there's going to be competition. But the Orioles should have a lot to spend there. And it's the right time because the fans have to be really excited. Indeed. And they trade Trey Mancini at the trade deadline. Uh, what a great story. Matt Snyder, uh, good stuff as always. Some good, some bad this past week in baseball. Look forward to catching up with you next Monday. Thank you, Matt. Appreciate it. All right. Sounds good. Yep. Good to talk to you. Matt Snyder, our baseball guy, CBSSports.com. com. Mitch Holtis is the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. We will speak with him next. Miller and Condon on a Monday. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 Meadows. Miller and Condon, welcome back. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Well, everybody's had one preseason game. A couple teams have had a couple. Chiefs, Bears went at it. Soldier Field on Saturday. Uh, Mahomes and company in there for a while. Let's get the latest on that. Justin Reed mm-hmm. <laughs> splitting the sticks. Uh, looks like that bad boy was good from 40-plus. Uh, and Mitch Holtis is the voice of the Chiefs. He joins us. Hello, Mitch. Trent Ken. Thanks for coming on. How are you? And the boys survived Vegas. It Barely. It was a hangover then. You wasn't, couldn't find candies on the roof of Caesars. And, <laughs> and uh, yeah. It was. Uh, uh, nobody had their tooth pulled or. Yeah. It was brutal. We made it home. Yeah, we did. Good. That's good. Licking our yeah. wounds, but we've made it home. Uh, as you guys uh-huh. made it home from Soldier Field, you know, let me ask uh, first yeah. of all, uh, the you know, one of the stories pregame was the field conditions. Um, Anything yeah. but pristine. Really didn't look like an NFL uh, turf, uh, especially when you consider it's, you know, it's the first time they've played on that since December, one would think. Well, yeah, it just looks like a municipal golf course where nobody's replaced yeah. divots for five years. That's it, It's an issue now. And it, you know, we leave it. We won't see it again. But the NFLPA came out and basically made a statement on it, and now we'll see what the league will do. Uh, in reaction, but it's it's an issue. The city of Chicago actually takes care of that field. It's not the Bears ground crew. Like we got like eight full time guys, and most teams do that are you know work. But they got these two fields here. There's three practice fields in Kansas City, and then the Arrowhead Stadium game field. It's all of this Bermuda ryegrass mix that's grown in outside of Tulsa, Oklahoma, and it's it's just babied like you would. You know, manicure your uh, your uh, landscaping. Not Chicago. It, it's don't lose that story. It's going to continue to be an issue. And the Bears, um, they just they're just I don't know what they're going to do, but it's it's not going to go away. Cairo Santos, he was at the forefront, a former chief, and he was talking about the conditions even before they played a game in there. It's ugly. It's something that needs to be changed. But the good news is, from a Kansas City perspective, you're not going to have to worry about that. We got to see the group go out there, the starters, for the most part, and play a couple of series. Takeaways from that, the starters going out there and and doing their thing early on, including Patrick Mahomes, no surprise, his usual sharp self. Yeah, they were real sharp. Six or seven on a 73-yard touchdown drive. Six different receivers 
the best uh, carrying really through the half and early in the third quarter was the tough catches that were made. There were eight tough catches as I reviewed the video. I put it on Twitter today. Five were for third downs for first downs. Justin Watson had a big day. The guy they picked up from the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Then Sky Moore, it was great to see him. He took an in cut and got smashed and hung onto the ball for a first down. I mean, that's real world uh, stuff that's good. And then Darius Fountain, the Northern Iowa Panther, who's had a much better game than he's had practice, had two mm-hmm. very tough catches. But that was the takeaway offensively, was they were smooth and pristine on that first drive. And then the tough catches that were made, either boundary or in cuts, uh, throughout the game. Uh, a couple more. Uh, you mentioned Fountain, of course, Mike Rose. Uh, d- uh, what was Did he play in the football game, Mitch? I did not see it was on an airplane. He did. No, he played late. He was with the threes right now. There's just... Right now, Mike has just got to keep pedaling the bike, mm-hmm. uh, which he did at Iowa State. I mean, he became, what, Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year. But it's going to be rough for him to make the 53, but that doesn't mean, you know, you get a practice squad. I call them crockpot guys. I yep. don't mean that as a disparaging term. You just get in there and slow cook and then pop out and become something. So it's going to be patience will be a virtue for sure for Mike Rose. Uh, Mitch, one thing that's starting to become clear when you look at this, whoever they decide to go with as far as returning kicks, boy, they got some options, right? They do, but there's no definitive answer on 15 August. Right. You're, as you get closer, that's going to be a big story this week for the Commanders game, is can somebody kind of take over those jobs? McCall Hardman's getting more attention at the line of scrimmage and scrimmage downs, so they would like to wean him off punt returns, much like they did Tyree Kill throughout his career and uh so is that sky more is that isaiah pacheco will be kicks i think but punt return is more not problematic but just it's the riddler's shirt on the old batman show it's like it's full of question marks (laughs) and no definitive answers mid-august frank gorsham reference love it (laughs) well i think we got an answer early on george karloftis who comes in of course as uh, one of the top picks from a year ago at number 30. That dude can play. And, you know, there were some questions about him. Some people had him projected as a top 10, top 15 type of pick. He falls to 30. I loved it when they got him and watching him just in the first preseason game. This dude's going to play for a long time in the league, of feels. Well, Iowa fans will know about him, or at least the mm-hmm. Iowa coaches will. Uh, his It's the motor. His sack on Trevor Simeon, the old Northwestern quarterback, was all motor. He's initially blocked, but if the linemen don't continue to move their feet, he will make a counter move or just drive through them to get a sack. Uh, I mentioned the depth there. To me, the other part of the, other than tough catches, the best part about that game was the Chiefs, the ones, was ones-on-ones, the Chiefs either dominated or dictated the game to the Chicago ones. Chicago and Fields out there in the first half had five punts. There were a couple big plays but there were 17 first-half plays of four yards or less. Uh, there were sacks. There were pressures. There were passes defense. I wanted to see what I'm seeing in St. Joe carry over to the game, and that is defensive dominance or dictation. Like, I'm, I may not dominate the play, but I'm going to dictate what happens in the play, and that's what precisely what the Chiefs did for the five series, uh, first five series of the game. Second half, much different, but that was caused by offensive collapses and, and mistakes and drops and, and fumbles. That wasn't the first team. The first team and second team defense 
actually was very impressive. Uh, we'll get you out of here on this. Want to save a minute, of course, to talk about uh, Papa John's and the Donaldsons. Just from your perspective, uh, what did you when you when you watched Justin Fields in his first start of 2022? What did you what uh, what was your takeaway? Potential. He's not Mahomes in his second year, but not many have been. In fact, you know, Mahomes has set NFL records. Still got him after how many seventy three starts. But Fields has potential. The Eberflus hire was was uh, interesting to me. Mm-hmm. You know, a defensive head coach, but they get gutsy from Green Bay, and he becomes the key cat. So even even Mahomes had to be surrounded by these offensive NASA scientists the Chiefs had to make him at least what he is to this day. And Fields needs that uh, in that offense. But the potential's there. If you're a Bears fan. There's enough there to get encouraged about. Let's talk Papa John's in our final 30 seconds. Did you guys get it? I sent the drone. Oh, the drone. you know what? We were out of town. Yeah, we're in Vegas. Vegas. Pepperoni rolls. It might have been at the chapel uh, <laughs> uh, when you guys were. Because I sent the drone and I programmed it in. Just look for the place with a lot of bright lights. <laughs> 549, these pepperoni rolls, I go, they're at a place with a lot of bright lights. So I don't know if I got lost or what. You know, I thought that was specific enough, but spicy pepperoni rolls now for five forty nine. You can't you can't take Des Moines to Vegas, but you can't take Vegas back to Des Moines. Indeed you can. Great stuff. Mitch Holtis will speak with you tomorrow. Thank you, Mitch. See you boys. Good to talk to you. Mitch Holtis, voice of the Kansas City Chiefs is daily. Kansas City Chiefs training camp update brought to us by Papa John's here in central Iowa. All right. Clones and Hawks. Well of reverse order. Hawks first with Doc. Nick Olson on Iowa State about 11.30. Trends play of the day. Circus Sports sponsors it. Hour 2 is next. Miller and Condon. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.